All right, welcome to this edition of the General Manager Podcast. My name is Aaron Thomas, otherwise known as Native Seahawk. And I want to thank those that were able to listen in on my special edition of the General Manager Podcast live from the VMAC this uh, few days ago. It was a great, great event uh, being able to, you know, I go out every year to training camp. I've got three more training camps to be able to go to this year as we get ready for the regular season and the preseason. And uh, I didn't get the chance to really um, thank those that uh, have uh, supported me and followed me throughout this journey of starting this podcast. I get about 400 and so uh, listens each week. And so I want to thank all those that have uh, supported this podcast. And uh, let's go ahead and talk to a little bit about what's been going on since the last time we had this regular edition of the General Manager podcast over the last seven days. And we'll start with our own Russell Wilson. The NFL.com has put out uh, their top 100. And, you know, this is all based on many of the players and they rank who is number one overall. And this year, Russell Wilson ranks 25th of of the top 100 players. Last year, he ranked 11th. So it's an interesting thing, even though statistically, Russell Wilson has bettered himself in terms of all kinds of categories, whether it's passing completions or explosive plays, but mainly because the Seahawks are a run team, a run first team, you get to, uh, you know, it's this is all about a perception, isn't it? When you talk about uh, surveying the top 100 players, or excuse me, surveying the players, uh, they take a look at what uh, in their own minds are who is the the top players. And so to have Russell Wilson ranked 25th is kind of a travesty in my opinion. I think he's definitely got to be at least top 10 overall players in the league. And he's definitely a top three or four quarterback in the league. And so, you know, you take a look at what Jake Heaps posted this week. He says in 2017, Russell ranked 11th. He had about 3,900 yards, 34 touchdowns, 11 interceptions at a 61% completion rate and a quarterback rating of 95. And in 2018, he ranked 25th and had about 500 yards less, a touchdown more. He had about four interceptions less and a a higher, about a 5% completion rate better than the year before. And his quarterback rating was at 110 which is about a 15 uh, points difference, uh, positive, with 126 less attempts. So thank you, Jake Heaps, for sharing that. He thinks uh, he agrees with me that he should be higher than when he was listed. Uh, definitely a top 10 player uh, last year. But you know what? That's the way Seattle rolls, right? We enjoy being able to uh, kind of stay under the radar, let other people feel like they've got the the spotlight, And uh, Russell Wilson, by all intents and purposes, is just going to have a great year this year. Uh, And again, they are a run first team. And so uh, I'd much rather have a uh, a running back uh, be in the top 100 this year. And just to to really showcase the fact that we, we just like to run the ball really, really well. Another news, Liz Matthews posted this week that Seahawks defensive coordinator Ken Norton expects young pass rushers to step up, and they're going to have to. There's just no 
uh, if ands or buts around this, you're going to have to have young players. I mean, they did get a couple of defensive tackles that are have got experience in the league, Al Woods and Earl Mitchell, who I got to see really close up this week at the uh, training camp. They're big. They're do, they're just really they take up a lot of space. But are they going to provide pass rush? And I would imagine that they're not going to do that very well. Uh, they'll definitely plug up the middle, which is what you want, especially when you're playing against uh, other teams that like to run as well. But you know, who are you going to have that's going to take the place of a Frank Clark, of a Jaron Reed? You know, these guys, you know, are are, are definitely pass rushers. And of course, you got Ziggy Ansah, who I did not get the chance to see him yet because he hasn't uh, uh, isn't cleared to play uh, to practice uh, very much, and so he may be doing stretches and out and stuff out there, but he's not out there scrimmaging or doing anything else like that. So, uh, you know, Jacob Martin, I got to see uh, as well, and he did really well uh, at the training camp. I think, you know, with LJ Collier probably going to be out for the first six games of the season is what I'm predicting. Yeah, you're going to have to have uh, these younger guys step up. And now a lot of people are saying Puna Ford is actually the guy that could probably step up the most and provide not only, uh, you know, nose tackle uh, or up the middle pressure, but also on the edge or close to the edge anyway. And so that'll be interesting to, to kind of see. Uh, how that's going to play out. Um, I did get a chance to see uh, Cassius Marsh. He did. He looks really, really like thinner uh, from the last time when he was here. And, you know, does thin translate into pass rush uh, or pressures even? And I don't know. I mean, I'm, openly, I think when Bruce Irvin was, you know, kind of that, that thin defensive end, he was able to get past the uh, left or right tackles on the edge to get pressure. Um, I haven't really, didn't really get a chance to see Cassius Marsh's uh, hand play and to see if he can try to do swim moves. That's what I'll be looking for in the next uh, training camp that I get to go to. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see how uh, Seattle will be able to uh, accommodate with these, the lack of Jaron Reed and LJ Collier, who they were really leaning on both, both guys to really, uh, set the tone and set the edge, uh, set the tone up the middle and set the edge uh, on the end of the uh, of the um, the defensive end. So we'll see. In other news, I I'm just I I put put this in here just because it, it goes to show you uh, the volatility of star players. With Julio Jones said that he wasn't going to be playing in the preseason, and that more and more players and teams are going this route for veterans. You know, I thought that was pretty interesting just because, you know, in Seattle, thank God we were able to re-sign or extend Bobby Wagner. Uh, the Jaron Reed thing kind of goes away now that he's been suspended. Um, and so I think at the end of the day, it'll be something where uh, we look at other players on this team and, and figuring out if um, they're going to hold out. I mean, there are no real you know, stars that are on this team anymore that are trying to hold out or, or our extensions are even in, even imminent. But again, I'm just thankful that we're, we've taken care of business there. In other news, we want to welcome back Will Disley. Bob Condotto had posted this uh, during the training camp on July 30th where uh, he caught a touchdown pass from Wilson in the red zone drill. And I agree. I think that... 
uh, you know, I was shocked when I was there on Friday. I couldn't remember who number 88 was because <laughs> I was like, man, he's in the end zone. He got a touchdown. And I was thinking it was uh, somebody else. And here it said Disley on the back of his jersey. And it just, it's just, it, he is such a dynamic player. And it's really going to be great to see him, how he fits in with the, the sort of the lack of experience on the wide receivers. And, uh, you know, Disley can provide not only passing and in the passing game, but also run blocking. So I'm really interested to see how he fits in with the entire team. Uh, in other news, Aaron Levine posted this week that they felt that there's a solid trust building already between Wilson and Metcalf. And of course, on uh, Friday when I was at training camp, Wilson uh, wasn't there. He was back in Virginia attending his, the services for his his late grandfather, and uh, and then so Metcalf was out there and he was catching some passes with uh, the two backups. But it's good to hear that uh, there is trust building between Wilson and Metcalf, and that was my goal when I asked back in May on this podcast. Like I'm hoping that Russell Wilson will. You know, take his wide receiving core and go to a beach and just sort of, you know, build trust and figure out how to communicate and how to uh, sort of nonverbal communication out there on the field. And sure enough, they did that. You know, he he t- took him in late June and uh, right before training camp began in July. And uh, you could see it's really starting to pay dividends out there in training camp. Another news, uh, Seahawks United posted this week that Bobby Wagner ranks 15th on the NFL's top 100 players. So you had Russell Wilson at 25, and Bobby Wagner was then uh, a couple of days later uh, as ranked number 15th. And again, you have a lot of people there just going, what the hell? I don't understand why isn't he in the top 10 as well. So in theory, you basically have two players in, in a lot of people's minds as the top 10 in the league with Russell Wilson and Bobby Wagner. Bobby is sort of a, a quarterback on the defense. And um, as I'm looking at all these highlights from 2018, it's just like an, a, amazing the way he plays. Just so much passion, so smart. And is uh, of course, with uh, a lot of the pro football focus statistics that came out over the off season, just talking about he ranked first in every almost every category when it comes to linebackers and, and sometimes broke records from other uh, years that pro football focus has been identifying uh, key position players. And so again, it's just great to have Bobby signed, sealed and delivered. I got to see him in training camp and he just looks so legit. I, I, I forgot I can't. I don't like to say that he's a small player, but compared to some of the players on the field, I really was like shocked at how uh, short he was compared to the other players. I thought I was like, "Who is that?" And it was like because he had his jersey like up uh, tucked above his stomach, and so you couldn't see the number, but I could see the way he walked. And I was like, "Oh, that's Bobby Wagner." And but yeah, he plays like a giant, a giant on the field, and so. Um, it's great to see. And I, I think Seattle is definitely set up this year to have uh, probably the fastest and smartest linebacking crew in all of the NFL, again, which is what you want. If you're going to be uh, defending uh, you know, offenses like the Rams who uh, do these two or three yard outs, you're going to need fast linebackers to be able to get over there to cover the slot. Uh, to cover on the outside or to even blitz if you need uh, to be able to, especially with a 
offensive uh, or defensive line that is sort of thin at pass rushers, you're really going to rely on Bobby Wagner's speed up the middle. You're going to rely on, on Michael Kendricks on the outside. K.J. Wright's still pretty quick, but I think he's a much better uh, person to um, player to be able to cover uh, the tight end or or a slot player. So, uh, but congratulations to both Bobby Wagner and Russell Wilson for making the top twenty-five this year. I, I still think by the end of this year they'll both be top ten. We will see. In other news, Liz Matthews, our friend Liz, posted this week that Tyler Lockett is still set to factor into the Seahawks return game, and I got to see that. It was uh, in front of me as at the very beginning of training camp on Friday they had uh, drills with the punt return team and. Uh, Tyler Lockett was back there, and he made um, amazing moves as he was, you know, making his way up up the field. And you, you just see why he's so explosive. He just has amazing vision, and of course, he can beat anybody out to the outside. If he has to turn the corner, go left on a dime, he can get it out to the outside and, and return for another five or ten more yards. So again, I, as I said during the, the training camp, I was like, man, I don't know if you really want your number one guy to be the punt returner. You really want him to be able to, you know, just focus on catching a hundred, uh, you know, receptions or at least in this, in this offense, it's more like <laughs> 75, right? Uh, just because the passing attempts won't be there. But I think at the end of the day, you've got uh, an opportunity if you really need Tyler and you, you know, you're down by 10 points, you need a spark, you put Tyler back there and just let him go. I, I really think that's probably the way it's going to go. In other news, Greg Bell posted out this week that wide receiver Jaron Brown or Jaron Brown is in his second year with the Seahawks, says it's fun that, quote, we are opening up the playbook this year, end quote. Asked to elaborate, he laughs, smiles, and realizes he may have said too much. And it's interesting because, you know, I I don't, without a doubt, don't think that they're going to expand the playbook now that they've got a few of the receivers that have been on this team. And, you know, with Lockett and David Moore and, and Jerron Brown, you know, these guys can definitely, um, you know, take last year and be able to expand it out. A little bit more, and what does that really mean, though? I mean, you know, you're a run first team. You're gonna, you know, do what you can to run, run, and then explosive play through the pass. Uh, most likely, that's the way it's gonna go. And so, I mean, does that mean they're gonna have like Tyler Lockett um, catching or uh, you know c- doing a handoff to Tyler and then him throwing it to Russell Wilson? Or <laughs> what do they mean by the expansion of the playbook? And I think you know you just you just you're able to work with Brian Schottenheim, who's you know had some really good success over the years with a, a few other um, offenses, and you know hopefully at the end of the day you're going to have uh, more explosive plays. That's really what we're looking for. That's what this this offense is predicated on, and I really hope that they get rid of the wide receiver screen. How many times have we said that 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 play just hasn't worked in Seattle? Uh, it just it just needs to go. In other news, Andy Patton says that the Seahawks have now locked up three of their specialists for multiple seasons with uh, long snapper Tyler Ott, who has got and agreed to an extension of his contract, which is important. I think you guys remember a few years ago when we had a transition at long snap and it just it failed. And it was one of the things that I remember 
Coach Carroll saying we got to find our consistent long snapper. And so with uh, Tyler Ott, who, um, again, when he was uh, – he was one of the first guys that came out of the building on training camp day on Friday and then met with a lot of uh, hoopla from the Seahawks fans that were sitting on the sidelines because, yeah, he's back in. And now you got Tyler Ott, you got Jason Myers, and punter Michael Dixon – under contract for the multiple seasons. And so you just want consistency, especially in those two areas, punting and kicking. And so it's great to see that uh, Brian Schneider, who's the special teams coordinator, is definitely happy to see that these three guys will be in Seattle for at least multiple years. In other news, the uh, Adam Schefter reported this week that Michael Thomas from the Saints uh, did agree to a $100 million deal. And so I only put that in there because, A, the Saints gave him a $61 million in new guaranteed money, which is the most in NFL history for a non-quarterback player. And you, you take a look in Seattle and you wonder, man, is Tyler Lockett going to you know want that much money? Is he going to be able to earn that much money and take up that much of the salary cap? He's uh, earning about $10 million, a little over $10 million this year. And so you wonder, will he, you know, uh, covet that? And I, I really don't think so. You look at what's going on in New Orleans. We play them this year early on, uh, third game of the season, I believe. And so you're going to see how much they are predicated on the pass. And Michael Thomas is legit. He's definitely top three wide receivers in the league just because he makes those explosive plays. He gets open downfield. He makes, you know, he rarely drops a pass. And so, you know, I just, I put that in there just to say, number one, do, is Seattle even worried about that? I don't think so. Um, going down and looking down into the next few years. But the fact that there are more and more guys are getting more and more guaranteed money, which is, important you know when you think about running a team and how you're going to be able to pay everybody um and so far you haven't maybe uh Kirk Cousins contract might be the only one where you say dang they shouldn't have done that you know but most guaranteed monies that that players are getting nowadays they're they're earning them they're staying on the field and so um that's a good thing in other news the Seahawks wire posted this week that Dwayne Brown is passing his experience along to Jamarco Jones. And again, this is exactly what you want. You want your, you know, guys that have are been in the league for a long time being able to mentor the young guys. And it's great to see that Dwayne Brown's doing this for Jamarco Jones because you just never know who's going to go down. And maybe Jamarco Jones is the next man up. And he, you know, before Jamarco Jones went down himself, he was a really, really good player. So um, it's going to be important to see number 73, Jamarco Jones, out there playing for Seattle this year. In other news, the uh, Bob Condotto was talking about some transactions this week and that the Seahawks did uh, waive wide receiver Daniel Williams. And as I reported on uh, training camp day, that they were able to sign uh, Naquan Murray, who is from Florida State. I didn't really get a chance to see uh, Naquan Murray out there on the field. I guess I don't really know what his number was to be able to see him on Friday. But overall, I think that, uh, you know, Seattle replacing a receiver with a receiver just means that they're still kicking the tires on, you know, providing the best uh, competition at that, at that you know, position, that, the wide receiver position. 
And so, you know, that doesn't uh, bode too well for some of the middle to late guys on the depth chart, like Keenan Reynolds or, um, you know, other guys that are really, you know, trying to fight to get on this team when they're bringing in new guys to, um, to kind of look at and, and Daquan Murray was uh, a rookie that uh, was invited at the mini rookie camp in May. And so they liked what they saw from him and uh, decided to bring him back in. In other news, uh, we talked a little bit about Ethan Posick and Jaron Reed getting into it uh, during the Friday special edition podcast. I uh, don't have too much more to say about that one. And in other news, we're looking at uh, a stunning plot twist, according to Ian Rappaport that uh, Panther, former Panthers center Ryan Khalil uh, is now in, in New York and playing with the Jets, which is a really interesting thing that you talk about any other guys that are coming out of retirement, would they do it? You know, if Seattle is uh, thin at wide receiver, would they try to talk Doug Baldwin to coming back in for um, the rest of the season? I think that's very possible, um, you know, especially knowing what uh, – we know that happens in the NFL. These guys, they leave and they're like, man, I want to come back. And Ryan Khalil just proved that. In other news, Andy Patton has posted this week that Seahawks punter Michael Dixon is aiming to be the greatest ever. And I think he can be. I think, you know, you take a look at some of the guys that were amazing over their pro career. You know, uh, uh, Guy, the last name Guy. Uh, from the Oakland Raiders, he was probably the best punter of all time, and you know this. Uh, you know Michael Dixon does such a great job of being able to you know just boot boot that ball all the way down the field and pin the the punter the punt returner sort of in the in the coffin, as they say. And so it'll be interesting to see what uh, how he's able to do that in Seattle. In other news, Ian Rappaport explained this week that why the Colts were working out running backs. They placed running back former Seahawks Spencer Ware on the reserved and pup list, and the season is over. So, uh, bummer news. I know um, John Clayton talks a lot about, you know, there's like eight or ten guys each year who go down during the preseason uh, pre and th- during training camp, um, you know, and so you can add Spencer Ware to the list. He's not going to be able to play this year. Um, and again, it just talks a lot about how are guys able to sustain themselves so that they don't get injured during preseason, that they can come back and be able to play at a, at a top 10 or top 15 of their position, you know, to make sure that they do their job. And it just uh, it sucks that when you lose a running back like Spencer Ware, who's really, really good. Um, and I, so I feel bad for the Colts. I think the Colts are going to be, um, uh, no matter what, they'll be a top five AFC team this year. I got them going deep in the playoffs, so we'll see. In other news, field goals. Our friends over at Field Goals are talking about that eight NFL teams don't have a veteran pass rusher on a multi-year contract of at least $10 million per year. And the, your Seattle Seahawks are one of them. The Patriots don't have a pass rusher on a multi-year contract of at least $10 million. The Colts don't. The Ravens do not. The Jets, Dolphins, Raiders, and Giants all do not have a top five paid uh, multi-year contract pass rusher. So if Belichick isn't doing it, I wonder if that's when he's looking at his uh, you know, lineup and saying, 
man, do I really need a multi-year contract of a, a pass rusher? And he's known for sort of setting the tone for you know, the way that trends go in the NFL and the Seahawks, of course, too. They've got uh, tons of experience in setting trends. And so it'll be interesting to see how this goes this year if the Seahawks and the Patriots, the Colts, the Ravens, they they spend money on other position players like linebacker or safety. Uh, if you're the Ravens, you know, going out and getting Earl Thomas, you know, and so it'll be interesting to find out how that goes this year. Yeah. And in other news, Liz Matthews reported uh, yesterday that the Seahawks on August 3rd, they signed two tight ends ahead of the scrimmage that they had at Pop Keeney Stadium in Bothell. And so I, I kind of scratched my head on that one. Why are they going after another tight end? Uh, they went ahead and signed Jackson Harris and Wes Saxton to the 90-man roster, and they waived Tyrone Swoops again. They've waived him and brought him back I don't know how many times now. And Justin Johnson was uh, one of the guys that got suffered an injury uh, during practice on Thursday. And it could be an Achilles. So um, Justin Johnson is probably out for the season anyway. But Harris participated in Seattle's rookie minicamp as a tryout player. And Saxton, originally an undrafted free agent from South Alabama, first signed with the Jets in 2015 and has logged one game. And since then has spent time in Washington, Buffalo, Detroit, and San Francisco. So I guess you're just trying to, you know, provide some depth at tight end uh, maybe they're looking for a r- more of a running blocker tight end is maybe that's what they're looking for because you already got Ed Dixon and a few other guys that I think are going to do really well you got Disley and you know I think at the end of the day you just sort of figure out okay maybe there's something here and 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 the Seahawks are really good at you know trying people out and saying okay we might not sign you now but down the road let's say Ed Dixon goes down maybe you saw something out of Harris or Saxton that you go man these guys have really good hands and so let's bring them in and see if we can put them on the on the roster and see what they do um, I guess out of the two guys, you'd probably would go with Saxton just because he's got more experience. Um, and then maybe you put Harris on the practice squad. It'll be interesting to find out how they do that in Seattle. And finally, the last bit of uh, remaining news for the week, of course, was the scrimmage that happened in Bothell, uh, which is kind of a funny city. I'm actually thinking about moving to Bothell myself, but uh, according to our friend Brady Henderson, he says the first half of scrimmage ended with another scoring drive by Russell Wilson and the number one offense. So Russell was able to get back in time from Virginia. And uh, David Moore went high for two leaping grabs, something he's good as any Seahawks wide receiver is doing, is what Brady says. Other highlights included a K.J. Wright strip sack and another sack by Barkevius Mingo. K.J. Wright's having a really good training camp so far. Um, he did a almost a pick six while I was there uh, at training camp on Friday, and then yesterday did the strip sack and another sack by Barkevius Mingo. So pretty good stuff there uh, coming out of the uh, training camp. And, of course, with the scrimmage, Jazz Ferguson also impressed, according to Andy Patton, who uh, helped post a article about him. I was really intrigued by Jazz Ferguson's size, 
I was I couldn't remember for the life of me who he was. And again, that's going to be interesting if you uh, you have a guy like Jazz Ferguson who's I believe six six or six seven, and he looks like a tree out there. And then you got DK Metcalf who's at six five. And if you got both guys in the in the in the package, you know you got like the twin towers out there and. It'll be interesting to see how Seattle uses that, uh, being able to, oh, it looks like Ferguson is 6'5". So they're both, uh, him and DK Metcalf, are about 6'4", 6'5". And so, again, who goes when, if uh, Ferguson is able to make the squad, then who else? You got Metcalf and Gary Jennings and John Ursula, who are all trying to compete. And then you got Malik Turner, who's got lots of size. You got Keenan Reynolds, who reminds a lot of us of Doug Baldwin. You got Amar Dar- Darbo, who I don't have on this squad uh, starting out as my projection. Terry Wright, who's got tons of speed. And then you've got, of course, uh, Naquan Murray, who they just signed this week. And so it'll be interesting. Again, you know, do they go with five guys or six guys on the, on the field or on the roster or, or not? But we'll see. But uh, that's it out of uh, this week's uh, version of the General Manager Podcast. I want to thank each and every one of you for joining me. And uh, I think for the next training camp, if you're interested in going, just just hit me up. And whoever hits me up first uh, on my Twitter account, just uh, say I'd like to go with you to training camp and ask me what days I'm going to be going. And uh, we'll see if I can accommodate. Okay. God bless and take care wherever you're at. Go Hawks.